We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This just in, we have a, a, a new guest, Patrick Manelli. <laughs> Patrick Manley, the longest tenured player in Chicago Bears history. I just uh, want to thank the Bears organization for an incredible 16 years. Score football pregame and postgame show co-host. Those were great days in our locker rooms. If guys got paid, you know, if they got their contract or coming back down or the next morning you walk in that locker room, a lot of hugs, high fives and all that kind of stuff. That goes a long way. Master in the art of the long snap. Do you have any kids? I do. Check out longsnapper.com. Have to start early to learn how to long snap. He even has a signature beer. Long snapper IPA. The can artwork's me long snapping a ball on top of an El Camino. I have an El Camino, so the artwork's great. The beer's great. Patrick Manley. That was a good snap. With Bernstein and Holmes on 670 to score. How long does it take to grow the mullet? The gourmet mullet? Why is it gourmet? Because it's awesome. Had an El Camino. Alas, had Patrick Manley joins us on the Circa Sports Illinois Score Hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Patrick Manley. Twitch.tv slash Chicago 670. The score, and I think he also had the right idea, as Lawrence did. I, my guess is Patrick Manley is at the Florida compound rather than the Chicago-based one. 100%. The problem is we haven't seen the sun in a while, but it's 73 degrees, so I'm sorry, guys. I walked the dog in shorts and a T-shirt this morning. <laughs> we we got no clouds here in Arizona. Seems pretty great. <laughs> That's what I hear. Hey, well, put them together, it'd be, be perfect, right? No, I'm, I'm feeling partly, pretty good, part- Patrick, to tell oh, you yeah. the truth. Right. Six, 68 no and sunny is there. good for me. 100%. Right now, this time of year, I'll, I'll take it. No doubt. Look at Dan. I saw, I saw something right now and he does not look happy. <laughs> Am I, right? I, I saw something on Sunday that said that Arizona was the only state in the 48 that didn't have some sort of weather watch. And I just laughed. That's why everybody's moving there. <laughs> it's the truth. Patrick, Very what is smart so. place to vacation though? What, smart place to vacation. What do you make of the preliminary, the first group of mm-hmm. offensive coordinator names on this bears list? Um, interesting. It would be it. You know I mean? You go with, you got, you're covering the entire board. I heard you guys talk about Greg Roman, Dan, that, that's an interesting name now that you're finally talking to him, that Justin Fields might not be here. I get that. You got Greg Olson, who is kind of an older guy that's been there in the locker room when I was there, uh, highly respected offensive mind. Then you got the three young guys that nobody knows that much about. Um, but then I also heard, I think you guys talked about it too, Coach Wanstad this morning was talking about who he would hire. He would hire somebody that he knows and is familiar with. And it seems like none of these names and Matt Eberflus have really crossed paths or know each other. So, uh, I, I just think it's interesting because I don't know what direction they're going to go quarterback wise. I don't think they do either. It looks like they're kind of just checking all the boxes to find out maybe what the best fit is. Um, and I have no problem if you want to go with Greg Olson, uh, if it was an older guy or one of these young guys and see what happens. I've seen, you know, numerous, I just go like to Dave Tobe when he came to us as a special teams coordinator, he was young. I had no idea who he was. 
I knew he was under a hardball and all that kind of stuff. He was kind of green when he got there. And then look at him now. He's one of the top one or two special teams coaches in the league. So it's okay to take a young guy and grow with him. Um, so I, I just don't know what to think truly because what are they going to do with the quarterback? To to make this clear, because I see people are struggling with it on Twitch and maybe some in the listening audience, Greg Olson, O-L-S-O-N. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He used to be the quarterback's coach here in what, 2000, and I think it was the first year I covered the team, so 2003, Greg yeah. Olson was here with the Bears, not Greg Olson, O-L-S-E-N, who was yeah. a former Bears tight end. I know it's confusing, but they're different people mm-hmm. there. Now that I've said that. <laughs> Patrick, I don't know if, if we even got the chance to ask you, what did you think of the Bears keeping Matt Eberflus? Um, I, I was I was torn because I, you know, I went both ways during the season. I thought he was going to be fired. I thought for sure. I said it, I think, on the pre- or post-game show after or before after one of those losses the next week that I think he's going to be done. And then he went on this run at the end. They got Montez Sweat. They turned the defense around. And then to me, listening to the guys in the locker room, that's just me being a former player, hear how they talk about them. They must feel positive, a good way about themselves when they come to work every day and believe in his message. So I can see why they did it, but then there's also things out there. Jim Harbaugh, I heard you guys talk about him as well. Why not go after him if you can? There could be other outstanding circumstances we don't know about. But I'm just torn, to be honest with you, because – I think they have a vision of what they want to do. Uh, and I think that's maybe one reason why they don't even want to talk to Jim Harbaugh, that they just feel comfortable with their vision of Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, and Matt Eberflus and what they're going to do. Um, I just, you know, to me right now, it's up to Ryan Poles if he can get this thing right at the quarterback position and fill the holes that they need. But right now, what I'm hearing from the locker room of the guys that they believe in them, they want to play for them. Dan, I know that's not your, you're not the biggest fan of them, but that's just me as a player seeing it that way. And I hope it works out. Again, it's me, and this is unfortunate, guys. How many years I've been doing this now? Ten years I've been retired. My fingers are crossed. Hopefully they get it right. Hopefully it works out. And that's what stinks, man. That really stinks. You know better. <laughs> I know. I'm just hoping, man. I, I, you know, he's not a, he's not a, uh, an alpha dog coach that, you know, scares you or, or brings that out. But maybe he can grow into that. Maybe he's a young guy as a first-time coach that can grow into it. And I'm just hopeful. And, again, Dan, that's with my fingers crossed, man. Okay. You know what's weird about this offensive <laughs> coordinator search? And Patrick kind of brought it up. The Bears have to be really cautious about what they tell mm-hmm. a candidate because you don't want your plans to get out into the public. But if you're one of those candidates, you have to know. I, like, right. I, I get that you want to hire someone that's flexible, and God knows I'm a big, firm, I'm a firm believer in that. But if you're walking into a job. You kind of want to be like, okay, so if Justin is the quarterback, great, great. I can get to work and I can get in contact with Justin and we can start doing our thing. But also, if you're going to draft Caleb or Jaden Daniels, I, I would want to know that too. But if you're the Bears, you can't do it, which must make this search even more difficult. Oh, no doubt. And I would think just looking at it from the outside, if you see Greg Roman as the the winner, what are you guessing? Justin Fields is going to be your quarterback, right? You would think that. But then he talked about the flexibility of the coordinator. Maybe you can find somebody that you truly feel can coach both styles, and that's the guy you go with. Maybe that's what you're going to land on. Um, And I don't know who that is, but you're right, Lawrence. That's hard, man, because how do you balance that interview? How do you sit down and talk to somebody and not tell them what they're getting? 
and then still say, hey, this is an exciting job because I don't know what the quarterback is. Is that is that easy to sell or hard to sell? I, right. I think it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be harder to sell. So that's a, that's a tough job for them to do. And again, fingers crossed. Hopefully they get it right. Patrick, what do you think of the playoff football so far? Uh, it's disgusting, but I'll tell you what, man, I am ticked at watching the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love. It made me ill. <laughs> After what he did to the Bears and how well he played against the Cowboys going into that stadium, uh, the take the North is going to be a lot harder now, man. That's just it, It's not what I was expecting as the season went on for the Packers and you watch their young receivers and Jordan Love, Love struggle a little bit and what the last nine, ten games, he's been unbelievable playing as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and that just scares me that they, they got the third one right again. That now we have to deal with another – Another great quarterback potentially up there in Green Bay. And that's what I took out of it most. The football other than that was just, you know, you kind of tuned it out because it was so bad. But this, if you want the one overall thing that I took away from this weekend was Jordan Love and the Packers, and that scares me for the future. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's, I'm stuck on this, Patrick, because I don't think anyone has this right. I think that depending on the quarterback that you draft, you can make the argument for this guy needs to play right away versus this guy needs mm-hmm. to sit and learn. What do you think the value is from players that you've seen sit and and go out and play immediately, the value of sitting back and learning and then having to then turn it on three years later and perform? Yeah, I understand the money issue, right? That's the biggest thing. But I think you also have to scout who can become a pro the quickest, who can move in any position, who can move into that starting job and become a true pro and not have to make that transition from college and class and social life and all that kind of stuff of truly coming in and being a pro. I think that's the hardest thing. If you can find the quarterback to do that, then you can be successful. Could Jordan Love have done that earlier? I don't know. Obviously, he didn't get the chance, but it's it's worked up there in Green Bay. Um, but again, you, you, you're, you're shortening that, that, that window of money. It's just a hard thing to do, but I think the biggest thing is trying to find a quarterback like a Justin Fields as far as his personality can walk into Chicago, deal with the media, handle his teammates, uh, be loved by his uh, teammates, and go out there. But I want better play, but I think you need to find a player like him who can walk in and be a pro right away. Have you ever seen a team like the Eagles no. do what they're doing in this way? It's, it's, it's uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. I, I, I thought this, man. I thought, you know, they were going to play the, uh, the Bucks and just – fix it all because they had the veteran leadership and all that kind of stuff. And they had that slide at the end of the year, but I thought, all right, it's the playoffs. We've been here. We know how to turn it on. Maybe they were expecting to do that, but they didn't do it. But just to watch the ugly play to see the effort that they put out there. I remember being a young player before the first playoff game, everybody talked about the transition from a preseason game to a regular season game. And then it amps up twice going into a playoff game, just the effort, everybody finishing every play, everybody running to the ball. You didn't see that. And that's a playoff game. And after coming off that ugly, what, five or six games, four or five games, whatever it was, to see that effort, something's going on in that building. I don't know if it's the coaching staff, the players, you know, you saw the, the fight with Goddard and 
or the not the fight, I guess, or just screaming it hurts or whatever. Something's going on in there. And for that team with that talent to put that effort out there, I, I don't know. That doesn't seem uh, it doesn't seem very uh, safe job for for Sirianni right now. That's just that's ugly up there. If you're Bill Belichick and you're watching what's happened this past weekend, what's more attractive to you, Dallas or Philadelphia? Ooh, you got to go relationship, I think, with that guy, right? Where he fits in most with with whoever the boss is. And you, and you read the stories that him and Jerry Jones are close, that maybe he'd let him do a little bit more and his son maybe would step to the side a little bit. But if I'm, a, if I'm, a, if I'm the Bears or a team, a young team looking to hire a coach, Maybe this is ageism or not, but I don't know if I want somebody that is that age right now because how long can you have him for? Can he coach till he's 80? You know, I want a coach that can coach for 10 years, but maybe that's what Jerry Jones wants. I, but I think it would be best fit in Dallas for him because he would get more of the reins there, and I think him and Jerry – Jerry Jones would trust him enough to not really step aside but really to listen to him and, and do what he wants to do. So I think that would be the best fit for him for me. Yeah, I would And that say, would be very interesting, man. If I'm Belichick, why do I want the aggravation of just I, being another Jerry Jones toy? And also, why not just walk away? <laughs> right. You've had a great run, man. You've had a terrific run. How are you ever going to make that run like you had with the Patriots again? Yeah, but I imagine that there's some stuff gnawing at him when he saw that Tom had success yeah. without him and he's still sure. trying to prove that he can have success without Tom, but who knows? Like maybe right from, from the videos we have seen of Bill Belichick in the wild, he seems to know how to have a good time. So, right, so right. Maybe, maybe if he doesn't get what he wants to hear from Atlanta or, or from Dallas or from Philadelphia, he's like, you know what? I got all the money in the world. I got all the time in the world. And he can do what Dan suggested. Him and Nick Saban and Pete Carroll just start a consulting firm and make millions and millions yeah. of dollars. 100% or a podcast. Just give me all the stories. <laughs> I'm actually hear him talk. You know, ha- Saban does this stuff with McAfee, but I, I would lo- that would be amazing. But that, I would be amazing to have them do a podcast just to hear stories. It would have to be stuff, an, also, yeah. an entirely non-football podcast. Ooh. Like they would if, probably be pretty good at it. Like if all three of them did a, like a pop culture or movies only or music, yes. like or that, wine. their breakdown. Yes, their breakdown of yes. it would be great. But to go back to uh, to Belichick, man, coaches are coaches, right? Sometimes they just can't give it up. That's all they know. They they can't deal with with the daily life without having football in front of them and 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 going to meetings and doing all that stuff. So I just don't know what he'll do. But I do think Dallas would be a a very interesting spot for us to to follow. How how do you explain what happens at Dallas on Sunday? Mm, I, With all I that talent, I mean, like that, it's just I, I, that's what I I don't know. They just they looked underprepared game plan wise. With Dan, you talk about Dan Quinn being a great defensive coordinator. What he did game plan wise didn't work. Um, Mike McCarthy just seems like he's done this what three years in a row, twelve wins three years in a row, and can't win in the playoffs. Do they not have him prepared? I don't know. And or the Packers actually coming in their own with this young team. Showing out that maybe they grew a little bit as, as the uh, season went along and us saying that they should have drafted or brought in, you know, more veteran wide receiver core and they knew what they were doing. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it is. It's interesting to see a team get outplayed that bad with McCarthy as your office coordinator, coordinator and Dan Quinn as your defense coordinator. I also think Baker Mayfield's a feel good story. Yes, I, I do. I, I just I've always it may be just that his he's I find him so funny in the commercials that he's done that I just there's a likability factor. But even when he was in college, I liked when he was playing with that kind of swagger. It's the first time I've really seen it back that he looks mm-hmm. like he's having a blast playing football. 
And they love him down there, Dan. Remember Bobby Slater, the old assistant trainer, sure. is a trainer down there. They said he is amazing. He just brings that entire locker room together, offense, defense, special teams, coaches, personnel. Everybody loves him. And this is just kind of a – I don't know this for a fact. Bobby didn't say this, but I just feel also like he's become a pro. I talked about becoming a pro. I think mm-hmm. being the number one pick, young guy, no success, all these commercials, all that stuff going around. And now it's kind of his final chance. Uh, that personality, which is amazing, has now become a pro, and he understands how to do it. And he, he is fun to watch. But Bobby said that uh, it's fun to go to work every day with Baker Mayfield. They said it's a blast because he works his tail off, and he's, he's entertaining, and he's a great teammate. Slater's g- gone viral this morning. That's all that. <laughs> with the water bottle with Baker. Oh, that yeah. was Slater? Yeah. The, I, yes. That yeah. water bottle, that, that's, the, that's a hockey move. That's like yes. the old, that's the oldest hockey move in the world. You're, you're on the bench, you come off after a shift, and then grab the water bottle. And I know that uh, Jason would do it like in in goal, like before the game, as everybody's skating around. You do the aim it at your mouth, and then just shoot mm-hmm. it at somebody, uh, you know, forty five degrees behind you. Yep. So that was, let me this Bobby. Baker Mayfield. So my daughter has been a Joe Burrow fan forever, and I think I told you guys I got to go to the Panthers uh, Bucks game. Bobby helped me out. So after the game, I'm meeting Bobby in the parking lot. Out comes Baker Mayfield later, and my daughter's like, that's Baker Mayfield. I'm like, go ask for his autograph. He looked her in the eye, talked to her a few few minutes, signed the autograph, gave her, you know, about three minutes of his time. Didn't have to, right? He's walking his car. He's after his game, waiting for his family. She's like, all right, that's my new favorite quarterback. (laughs) But that's Baker Mayfield. I just thought his personality was – it was it was great. He had no idea who she was and just gave her the time, and I'm like, that's pretty cool, man. You just finished the game. I've seen so many guys, even winning, go from right there to their family, you know, Block everybody out, but uh, that impressed me for him. Really impressed me. Impressed Some, her, obviously. That we don't talk about probably enough, and Patrick's a good person to talk to you about this, is the idea of young men, because that's what we're talking about when guys get drafted, mm-hmm. turning into grown men, like the maturation uh, yeah. that happens throughout a career where the world that you see as a 21 or 22-year-old is completely different from how – you learn how to handle and respond to stuff when you're 28, 29 years old. Lawrence, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about that. Um, we were talking about how long you've been married. I got married, what, three months after I graduated from Duke, and I thank my wife every day. Because <laughs> you can be an idiot, man. You, you, you see it a lot. You see a lot of guys come in hung over on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning. Uh, they got a little bit of money. You get to go out in the city. You get treated at certain restaurants and you got to understand when to say no, when to turn it off, and how important meetings and the work week is to become a pro. And it's that's the hardest thing, man. Guys got to learn to say no to all that outside noise. And uh, I, I just always put myself in that position. If I wasn't married and had a child and all that kind of stuff, would I have said no every time? Would I have done the right thing every week, you know, to get ready for the game? And that's hard to do. Think about that. All that success and notoriety, and especially here in the city of Chicago, where. Uh, if you're winning, man, all the doors are open and they stay open late. So it's a real hard thing to do. But that's that's the hardest thing to do, I think, for some of these guys when they come in is to, to really learn how to be a pro. And that's what I'm talking about being a pro is the saying no and understanding how important it is to study and be ready for Sundays. Patrick Manley, always great catching up. Talk to you all right, next guys. Week. We'll see you. Enjoy the playoffs. Well, enjoy Florida. Like he and <laughs> Jimmy Johnson Sorry, can go out fishing in the Gulf today and – I'll be sitting in my cold basement on a recumbent bike doing crossword puzzles. I, I hope that we'll be able to enjoy the playoffs, Dan. I, I can't say that I have so far. Hey, you know what? And this is a perfect lead into our next segment. We can bitch all we want. We can say, well, this and that and the quality of play. It 
doesn't matter. It never matters. Nothing around anything matters. Because nothing else matters. Because the NFL holds illimitable dominion over us and all. Apologies to Edgar Allan Poe. And that's the subject of our next segment on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.